0: You're going to see the interview everyone is going to be talking about. Wagon
1: wheel what you
2: see. What do I think of her? Yes. I don't think of her. Then
1: we become divas as opposed to just strong women. Ah, oh, coughing during my interview, really? It feels, uh, reductive.
2: Hello oh, and welcome to Big Diva Energy, the podcast for and about fabulous people being fucking extra I'm Holly Morgan and my husband Tom is also here.
3: Microwave.
2: Yes, divas, we've got a tasty little morsel for you this episode. Our subject is a culinary icon. You will almost certainly have had at least one of their recipes, be it Coca-Cola ham or Coco Risling if not own one of their cookbooks. After all, they have sold over 8 million copies worldwide. Our subject is none other than the domestic goddess herself, Nigella Lawson.
3: And with us to discuss Nigella is a theatrical powerhouse, a multi-hyphen diva for your nerve, a producer, writer and performer. Our guest is a founding member of audio drama company Audio Scribble, creative producer of the award-winning immersive theatre company 101, whose flagship piece 101 has been performed internationally to great acclaim, as well as being the host and producer of the fabulous podcast Story etc.
2: And the author of Foodie Fabulous website, I learned to like eggs.
3: It's the fabulous Eleanor Rushton. Yay! Oh my god,
0: that was amazing. I feel, I feel fantastic. Oh,
2: I'm so pleased to hear it, new neighbour friend. Oh my god, listeners! Literally, we were just having a chat off off air. I asked Eleanor where she lived. Turned out, literally not not half a mile, not three quarter. I'd say probably a 10 minute walk from where we are currently sitting. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, it's serendipity, is, that's what it is. Yeah. Pure serendips. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being here, darling. How are you? I'm very well, thank
0: you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm very, I'm very
2: excited to be here. Oh, we are recording this on, on Good Friday as well. Um, are you having a Good Friday?
0: <laughs> it's all right, yeah.
2: There's been sun. There's been sun. That's been nice. All
3: right, Friday doesn't have the same ring, does it?
2: They workshopped Correct. that and they threw it out. They were like... Bad <laughs>
3: Friday was a real dark moment.
2: <laughs> it wasn't going to sell. <laughs> oh, my God. And you volunteered as tribute to do Nigella. Which with is, passion. With
0: pa- Passionately volunteered.
1: <laughs> passionate tribute.
2: With full, catless realness.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I was, uh, I was in the middle of, I can't remember quite how it happened as in like, I definitely got into a slightly impassioned, it's often a defense of Nigella, which I think is unfair. We'll get into it. Oh, we will. (laughs) But, um, yeah. Is someone having a pop? uh, Yeah. (gasps) A little
2: bit. It's but it's always, it's always always a tacit pop. It's always
0: like, I've
3: got no time for it at all.
2: No, I will brook no pops at Nigella. Mm -hmm. Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. Was this
3: a personal friend or was it the internet?
2: It's a personal friend oh past tense stabbed in the same. back
1: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely outrageous oh we're gonna get into it <laughs> but before we do my love we're gonna ask you the questions the questions that we ask all our guests are you prepped I am
0: I am prepped a lot of it I'm just gonna go with one of my choices in the moment and see what the it <gasps> says oh, oh my god
2: amazing diva's choice yeah, exactly. <laughs> right then here we go I will always love you. Who is your ride or die diva?
0: Okay. This one I know because it's the one who, if I talk about them after I've had like two drinks, I will cry. <laughs> Good marker. <laughs> and, and it is Judy Garland.
2: Yes! <gasps> oh, fantastic. Oh my oh, God. Why do you I love cry. Judy? Oh God. She's just, she's just
0: everything. She's just stunningly talented and like just gets you oh she's just she's just perfect she and is. I just and obviously so like everything that happened around her was just so crap and I just oh I just want to like make a nest for her
2: I, and, <laughs> a nest a little eastern nest for Judy I love her. She, yeah. oh she's so I was actually thinking this very day in another turn of serendipity how she's a diva for all seasons because I was going oh shit I didn't watch we didn't get around to watching Meet Me and Sir this Christmas and then I was like it's set in across a year. Maybe it's an Easter film.
0: Oh. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a strong a strong choice, <laughs> and I will
3: go with it. Thank
0: you,
2: <laughs> thank you very much.
0: Is Wizard
3: of Oz a summer film? I think uh, spring. Ooh,
0: Tornadoes one. happen in summer, don't they? There we there go. go. It's
3: tornado season. There
0: you go. They're absolutely
2: perfect.
3: I, I th- like that you talk about Judy Garland in present tense, but the friend that dissed Nigella is
2: past. <laughs> <laughs> it's one hundred percent written out. <laughs> That is correct, isn't it? <laughs> Have we spoken since? I'm not sure. Oh. <laughs> Incredible. My next question. Who run the world? To which diva would you hand the nuclear codes and why? I'm giving them to Dolly Parton. <gasps>
3: Nice. Oh,
2: excellent. Because she's earned it. She's, she's earned, she it. earned it. She has earned it. She's earned them. She's put the hours in. She'd know yeah. what to do. Mm. I think you're the first person to say Dolly Parton as well.
0: That's good because she. I nearly didn't say her because I was like, surely. But surely. Yeah. Was this she's the obvious choice? choice. Yeah. She was my first choice. And then and then I sort of mulled it over and was like, oh, maybe it's a bit obvious. Because it just seems really obvious
3: to me. I think she Beyonce is the usual.
2: Beyonce we get a lot yeah.
3: because of the question. I mean she would
2: be very good. She would be very good, but I think I think if anything Dolly's proved that she's she's willing to take action.
3: She's interested.
2: Exactly, she's interested. She's like
0: engaged in sort of these Global political questions yeah. and therefore yeah. should be entrusted with them.
2: It's a, yeah. it's absolutely amazing, isn't it? Like, if, I reckon if you asked some, if you said to somebody in the 60s or the 70s, uh, there'll be a global pandemic and Dolly Parton will um, invest heavily in the cure, they'd be like, fuck
3: off. The band?
2: The cure, the, yeah. They would
3: they'd assume you meant. <laughs>
2: I'm sure she's probably a big fan of their their back catalog, but um, yeah, because she's been routinely written off, hasn't she throughout her career mm. until I'd say the last like fifteen years, people have been reevaluating her on a more mm. serious as a Absolutely. more serious artist yeah she and
0: she's got like this sense, yeah the sense of herself, yeah, like she wouldn't get drawn into sort of um you know she wouldn't be goaded, she yeah. would not Which I love,
2: yeah, exactly <laughs> well you want someone with their finger on the button. Well, not literally on the button. You want them to have the, uh, yeah, the, the uh, not a fragile ego that's like, well, you've pissed me off. You like want...
3: when Obama was president.
2: Like when Obama was president. Remember that? Dimly, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, he had that, that sort of, <laughs> that vibe where you just went, you're so confident and sure of yourself that I am confident and sure of you, yeah. that you will be the calm one in that, in that situation. And Dolly does feel like that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah no toys will be thrown exactly out of any prams exactly it's, it's gonna be all right
2: i think it also should be a rule that any world leader with the key with the nuclear codes should have to wear a full set of acrylics because i also <laughs> feel like that's gonna that clawing is gonna buy us valuable time if someone makes a slip up
0: that's true although she is so adept like you know when she does her oh
2: yeah she can play the um she can play her nails oh that's true well, again, she she'll have that power. She's earned it. She's earned it.
3: <laughs> just for the listeners, we we all did the mime of the instrument that we can't, clearly can't what remember the name called? of. What
0: is that called? A euphranium? No. But she can also do. Have you seen that thing where she plays it on her actual nails? Like um. Yes, I've seen that oh video. She plays. Oh, she
2: plays something. I can't remember what song it is, but she does. She plays a little tune at him. Um, she's oh my god. No, like
0: With notes
3: so. or just like percussion? Just
2: percussion. Like a scraper
0: board. But
2: nails. Like a washboard. Yes. In the, correct. A musical yeah. <laughs> washboard.
3: For her nails.
2: I mean, who'd have thought there was a link between Dolly Parton and music hall? but we found it. Okay. All roads okay. lead there. <laughs> <laughs> My next question. If I could turn back time, which diva would you send back to which historical situation and pourquoi? Oh. I think everyone
0: must find this one the hardest.
2: I yeah, think. I think yeah, it is hard.
3: It's recently been flagged to us that it's insane. <laughs> it's, it's, we thought it was quite a normal question. We were quite pleased with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, that hadn't occurred to me. It just occurred to me. That was my failing. I couldn't pinpoint the right answer. Oh god. Okay. So I'm gonna. I'm just gonna lay bare my thinking, and then we'll see what answer I come out with. Good. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So I was thinking about. <laughs> I was thinking about. I was thinking about transferable skills. And ones that would be transferable <laughs> across eras. And I thought the key skill would be like ability to kind of cut through bullshit either through like loving care or through intimidation. <laughs> so, so for the, for the intimidation one, I'll tell I'm just going to tell you both. I'm sorry. I'm just going to grab it. Um, so
3: well thought so, out. I
0: love it. So, I thought about it so much. <laughs> I've, I've been torturing myself on this. Like, um, Okay. So for the intimidation one, it's, Joan Crawford, <laughs> and I was thinking of sending her back to like to maybe your Oliver Cromwell, <gasps> your King John, oh. just someone to Henry VIII. Maybe it's like someone who just needs to be cut down to size, <laughs> <laughs> just
2: with a wire hanger,
1: correct?
0: <laughs> and she,
2: I just think she would be perfect. That's incredible. I love that. Joe Crawford's like cutting them down to size. With a look. (laughs) A withering look or a read. (laughs) Six wives, really?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, that's good. I'm feeling good about that one. The other one I thought was, so I was thinking about as well as transferable skills, value for money. And I thought like, what would make a big difference with one historic moment? And I thought maybe like the summer family gathering of Victoria's children and grandchildren. Oh my God. Because I think there's so many like warmongers, like um, imperious rulers, like in the making. And if you just got in there with, I was thinking, Bette Midler (laughs) (laughs) and Aretha Franklin. (laughs) Just think... Of what could have been prevented?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh ah, ah, I love,
2: that's why I love this question so much. And, and that's my favourite answer anyone's ever come up to me. <laughs> it's so, it, it, what I love about it is how earnestly and compassionately you thought about how you could change the course of world history. <laughs> <laughs> Abortion. It's taken up a lot of my week, guys. Like, it's really, it's really, like, really thought about it. I'm absolutely delighted.
3: I think the only way that question works is if you take it absolutely yeah. seriously. I think that's why it's the perfect answer. You can't
0: just fling someone in. Absolutely. No. You just can't. We've, le- we've learned this from all the films. You can't be flippant about time travel. Absolutely.
2: Exactly. We don't want a Bill and Ted situation. We need Bette Midler and Aretha Frank. Bill and Ted. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, oh, that really made me laugh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> mm. My next question Material girl, what's on your rider?
0: Mm. Okay. So, my, I think if I have anything like a real ride in real life, it is just like I need lots of water and a mirror.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's
0: all right. Yeah. In my rider that I aspire to, mm. I would like a frozen margarita machine.
2: Oh, uh, yes, definitely. And
0: some sort of like maybe some sort of seafood platter.
2: Ooh, nice. Just
0: just for (laughs) just (laughs) Such a dangerous game. Just because. It'll be very fresh. Good. This for when I perform by the sea. (laughs) For your maritime
3: concerts. End of
0: the (laughs) pier. This is probably the way it will come true, to be fair, <laughs> so
3: it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen um, has one of those.
2: What, a seafood platter? He's got
3: like a sushi platter, I think.
2: Oh, does he? Oh.
3: Backstage, oh. it's on their rider for the East oh, Street oh. Band. oh, there you go. It's always, it always comes back to him for me. It,
2: it does, doesn't it? All, all Rosalie to Springsteen. Um, I mean, it's a good way to test if people are taking you seriously as an artist, because that, if that's not fresh, fresh seafood, they could do a lot of damage.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that is very true. You're very open to like... To sabotage, I
3: feel. if you've got a Same. PA who's decided they don't mm. like the cut of your jib yeah
2: exactly
3: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, down.
2: yeah that's, I put it under the margarita machine so it retai- retains its cold that'd be <laughs> that'd be my advice that's good if I was your PA and I was referring the details of the ride I'd be like don't worry about it guys just put the two together yeah
0: I that's you. smart that's smart because I was thinking you could have a dedicated <laughs> platter guard <laughs> but but if someone gets to them
3: making jobs it's over it, well that's true in a post-pandemic world you yeah. have create jobs
2: you could
0: be like, I would
3: take that job for yeah. someone oh guarding my god. the seafood platter i call myself Thanks
0: the like. <laughs> oh my god yes well there you go there you go that's, that's marketing funny. that is marketing <laughs>
3: That's good messaging, right there. There
2: is, isn't, there? isn't
0: Great.
3: it? It's a brand new now.
2: Brand new career. Platter <laughs> for
3: Russian Industries. You <laughs> got the platter <platypus>. first, <laughs> and it's just a margarita machine <laughs> with a seafood platter below it.
2: Tired platter guard.
3: Wyatt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I <laughs> oh, I come up with a new. Um, What I would call call a a world-changing invention maybe every five years. (laughs) And and the last time I did it, it was the spork. I invented the spork, but I didn't realise that someone else had already invented it. That doesn't take away from it. Thank you. In my view.
3: Just to be clear, officially, Holly did not invent the spork.
2: (laughs) No, I didn't. If you think of it by yourself. I definitely came to it and never at any kind of subliminal level experienced the spork. I, I... claim this to this day I think the platypus if it doesn't I think we coin we uh what to call it we're not coining it (laughs) copyright it here and now we invented the platypus
1: a platypus
0: is also like you know one of those like water things you put in a backpack if you're walking like hiking those are platypus
3: platypi
2: Platypedes. platyp those 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 are those those are those those are those. those are those. Well, I'd, I'd like one of them filled with margaritas. That'd be excellent. Even
1: better. Yeah, there you go. Oh, my Not God. seafood, though.
2: <laughs> no, not... Horrible. Not ...liquid choking, shellfish. Choking hazard. Liquid oysters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Christ. <laughs> the, the decadence. She needs her purified oysters. <laughs> Pureed, not purified. She mustn't swallow. <laughs> I love it and my final question arguably the only one which has any which is, should, should be taken seriously is what does what does the term diva mean to you? I think I th-
0: mm. um, so, so I think a diva is someone with a strong sense of what of the space and what is needed Mm. to achieve a goal Mm. and who isn't afraid to take, to ask, to not ask, to take up the space required for them to deliver on that goal. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: And I think the reason it's so gendered is obviously because, um, you know, um, I guess like femininity in in whatever guise um, that comes is, is not often equivalent to taking up space and not and, you know in an mm. unapologetic way. And I think that is why it's become such a cross-hatched term with just being a, a dick. <laughs> but it's different.
2: I love it's that. Different.
0: <laughs> yeah. You can be a dick and you can be a diva. Yeah. Mm. And they're par there can be parallel roads. Excellent. Yeah, the train shall
2: <laughs> <laughs> but essentially it's about unapologetically taking up space
0: yeah and realising like realising what you need to do and kind of if you've set a goal especially if it's like an artistic goal you know there are other people involved in that and not sacrificing that along the way Mm. because people I don't know decide that other potentially smaller smaller things are important again if they're big things like you know people being treated properly at work that would count as a big thing and then you're a dick
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect that's a great definition excellent lovely thank you very much for answering the questions you delightful human well we will now take a short break and when we get back we will get into Nigella Lawson all right and we're back uh, let's get stuck into this, Divas. So we're going to have a little chat about Nigella. And obviously, Eleanor, you feel very passionately about her. <laughs> yeah. when, when did you first feel this this passion ignite for, for Nigella? I think the passion
0: um, has been probably in kind of the more recent years. Yeah. I think I think it was like, I've liked her for a really long time. And like, I think my mum had a couple of her cookbooks and, you know, she was on TV and stuff. like I always really liked her a lot. And I just think now watching her as a grown-up and looking back at what I think she was set up to be by journalists writing about her certain Mm -hmm. ex-husbands etc like it it just I get such joy in seeing her just like come into the person I do think she's always been I think yeah but, but like wasn't allowed to be because everyone was like oh she's beautiful and cooks and therefore I'm going to like put a lot of my own personal problems
1: Mm. onto that
0: Mm. just I feel very defensive of her and it's come up I'd say slowly slowly and then quite steeply
2: (laughs) amazing that yeah that's so that's so interesting I think we as a nation have had have a real Madonna whore thing going on with Nigella absolutely she is like to a certain group of of middle aged men, she is mummy, and but she's also sexy mummy, and they they just the the any time all all my research that she is constantly objectified and not just by men and denigrated and reduced to being a fantasy when mm-hmm. she's actually I mean and no woman should be treated like that obviously but she's. She's an incredibly intelligent woman who is a fantastic writer. And what I love about the, the what, what you say about the steep curve of the love is that is she's absolutely now unencumbered by a certain panto baddie of an ex husband. <laughs> she is able to, to basically release a book of essays with some with some tangential recipes in her most recent work.
1: Yes. Ugh,
2: obsessed with her. It's wonderful. I also declared her, on the podcast of the day, to be the only woman since Diana who hasn't set out to be called only by one name, who is known by one name. And no one's refuted that. <laughs> so. I can't think, I cannot think of anyone else. Yeah, because, you know, a Rihanna, she very much... Hello world. I'm R- I don't know what Brianna's surname is. Nigella Lawson. I do know what she is, but I call her Nigella so yeah. my theory stands <laughs>
3: just shot me a side eye
2: because <laughs> yeah, I know you've got side eye about my theory but... oh do you have you
0: thought of anyone I can't think of anyone I
3: think it's because she came out really strong from the traps and was like <laughs> no other woman has one name and I was like Cher and she was like no other woman <laughs> apart from Cher I was like Diana and she was like no Madonna. other woman Madonna. since <laughs> Diana <laughs> <laughs> then she replied it to no other woman since Diana then it was no other woman since <laughs> Diana who has experienced Explicitly not set out to be called so (laughs) on. It's just got so specific. You're like, I can do that with anything.
1: (laughs) And
0: there is, I guess, there's Delia.
2: Well, I said
0: that as well. Forgot about that. But it's
1: different.
0: It is. Yeah, it's different. It's different. I think when I'm just gonna, I've just made up a theory. I'm gonna float it. I think when people say Delia, they're thinking of the book in their kitchen. Oh, like they're thinking of like her great product. Yeah. I think when they think of Nigella... They're
2: thinking of Nigella. I oh, I love that.
3: Yeah, you're picturing a book with Delia. Yeah, you're picturing Nigella's face.
2: Yes, her mm. beautiful face. Her, her stunning face. Oh my god. Oh. oh, right. Well, let's get into the history of Nigella. So Nigella was born sixth of January nineteen sixty into, let's face it, extreme privilege. Uh, her mother was Vanessa Salmon, or Salmon probably. I've never said Salmon before like that. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> they're very posh. Very, Every syllable counts. So her, Dalman, her mother, Vanessa Salmon. That's why. She definitely... <laughs> yeah.
0: We've solved it. She's not called Vanessa Salmon. She, I just don't believe it. Well, she refuse. can't have been
2: Vanessa Salmon. Vanessa Salmon, <laughs> probably much more likely, uh, was her mother. She was the heiress to the J Lyons & Co food chain fortune. And her father, Nigel, was an ambitious journalist who would end up as Lord Lawson Tory Chancellor. Boo. Boo! Oh yes, my, my runner for this. I should have mentioned this before, Ella. My runner, my runner, my Eleanor, my, my runner uh, for this. I think that Nigella, until her beautiful redemption, in the last couple of years, the middle part of her life, she's like a, a heroine in a gothic gothic novel. I
0: think that's pretty apt, actually. Good. And
3: let's watch that tested right to its extreme. Put
2: into the crucible. Let's get into it. Yes. <laughs> like all of the wild theories I'm coming out with let's really test
3: it. test it till it breaks push
2: it to its limits
3: (laughs) so Nigella was raised in a non-observant Jewish household her family being descended from Ashkenazi Jews as she learned when she took part in Who Do You Think You Are? Who do you think you are?
2: Who do you think you are?
3: Nigella now declares herself atheist and her brother Dominic has spoken a bit about the role that religion did or didn't play in their household when they were growing up. He said, our grandparents were not practising Jews, although they lived in a more closed society socially. I think my parents both quite early on wanted a much wider social environment and they succeeded in that.
2: Hmm. Vanessa Salmon.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Nigella's mum, Let's Bella. call her
2: Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa, Nigella's mum, was by, all ac- was by all accounts a great beauty and she was said to resemble Nefertiti. Although, why anyone would choose to compare the lion's heiress with a centuries dead North African queen is quite frankly beyond me. Uh, but literally, everything I read about her was like, she looked like Nefertiti. How do you fucking know? <laughs> How do you know? In a dream I had. Yeah. I bet one person said it
0: Yeah, in like one society column. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. It. Yeah,
3: it was in The Lady oh, one. she looks like Marie Laveau. Yes. <laughs> She's
2: just like never do too. But she also sounds absolutely camp as tits, so I'm really <laughs> pleased to have discovered Vanessa Salmon. <laughs> um, so on Nigella's name being a feminised version of her father's and also being that of an aromatic but rarely used herb, Vanessa said... Darling, I would never have named you Nigella if I'd known your father was going to be so famous. Eleanor, Tom would have been Brianna. I would have been Jeff Ella. If you'd taken a feminized version of your father's name, what would it be? Alana. That's her name. Oh, God, I'm so close. Oh,
1: no. Oh, my oh.
2: God.
3: Hey, it worked for Nigella. I-
2: I've just seen a full inception style unravelling happening on the end of this Zoom. It's like
3: vertigo. You're like James Stewart in the background zooming in.
2: <laughs> Alana. I did
0: read, I, so I read that her mother apparently. Have you, do you know what her mother wanted to call her? Apparently? No, tell us, tell us. It's, it's amazing.
2: <laughs> what was it?
0: Gondola. <laughs> Hammond! Yes! Wait, fucking maniac!
2: <laughs> it's just amazing. It's amazing. Ah, and they compromise. I can imagine that row, can't you? Like, I'm calling her Gondola. No, you're not. Okay, fine. What should I call her? Nigella. <laughs> yeah, go on then. Fine.
3: Fine, I will. I will. <laughs> Try and stop me. I'm not going <laughs> to.
2: I love it. It's my name. That's I- what I wanted to trick you into calling it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Tories! Oh, fucking Tories! They're every
3: which <laughs> manipulative. way,
2: manipulative. <laughs> That's what they're like. Devious, <laughs> awful. <laughs> I, it's amazing, though, isn't it? How many? I didn't. When you think about it, a lot of female names are feminised versions of masculine names, aren't they? And Vanessa called all of her daughters feminised versions of men's names. Are
3: you assume that Vanessa was named after Van Morrison, yes? Almost
2: certainly. <laughs> are they? Is it Thomasina? Thomasina, Horatia, and Nigella. Horatia. Horatia. Mm.
0: That's a cut above that one. It
2: is. I mean, is it even a name? It, it, it's no gondola, but it's. Like... I feel like I might have come across it,
0: like a, maybe like an Agatha Christie yes. at some point. Yeah, or a like Jeeves
3: and Worcester. Yeah. Do you think or, she had a boy who would have been called Gondolo?
2: Got to, she had a, <laughs> the boy's called Dominic, which is <laughs> quite a normal name. Dom. <laughs> should, Dom. Yeah, he should have. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So we've established that that essentially Eleanor's dad already gave her his name. (laughs) I wanted to have a little chat about being obviously all of us are lefties and Nigella is as well. And how interesting and difficult that must have been for her being the child of not only a Tory, the child of the Chancellor of the Exchequer,
3: child of that Tory.
2: Oh, yeah. wow. Like
3: almost like top five Tories, I would say. Top
2: have said. five, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot, isn't
0: it? It's a lot. And like, I don't think you should get prizes for just being a decent person. But, like, <laughs> but like the pressure on, I think, a lot of people of that level of poshness to just just stay out of it. Yeah. Just stay out of it. Mm. Like, I say pressure, as in it's just easy <laughs> to stay out. It's pressure. Like, um, <laughs> but just to stay out of it would be so easy and i th- and i just i love that she just kind of it's like no not really political but no
2: yeah but no yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not particularly political but I, what i am is not a cunt <laughs> 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 She made that point and she told it to the press as well. She, she's, but told, she told the press she was voting Labour, but we get ahead of ourselves. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say about, about her being a posh person by birth is that she could. She is entitled to call herself the Bright Honourable because her, she's the daughter of a life peer and she also declined an OBE. So she's obviously somebody that's like, okay, I really don't want anything to do with this. Like, yeah. I, I yes, I'm called Nigella. Yes, I'm posh as tits, but I don't. No thank you to the country. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Because she's like,
3: she's putting her money where her mouth is. And it's like. Yeah, definitely. Is it because she feels so strongly about it? Or is it, is it a, not, not a backlash, not as in she's like kicking out against Mm. her dad, but like more like, is there something in that background where she's just seen that and gone, not for me.
1: Mm.
0: Hmm. It's one of those things, isn't it? Because I think it's so often that if someone is like, like having lots of money and being very posh is seen as a sort of, um, as a as a re, as an obvious reason, someone would be mm. Tory. But like, obviously, I suppose it it might be. Yeah.
3: But
2: you don't have to be. <laughs> like, yeah. There's another way. Yes.
3: Look at George Orwell. <laughs> <laughs> he went to Eaton. Sure.
2: <laughs> there you go. Look at George Orwell. Didn't he? I don't
3: know. Well, I, 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 yeah, he went to Eaton. He was like thoroughly. Did he? Upper middle class. I think.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Look at George Orwell.
3: Anyway, here's a let's <laughs> changing the subject. Here's a fun camp anecdote. Uh, Vanessa was obsessed with death, apparently, <laughs> and she loved to read obituaries. <laughs> Favorite readings. Uh, she took Nigella's sister's name, Horatia, from an obit that she read in the Times. Someone died, she declared to a lady at a party shortly after giving birth. That was my mother, the lady replied.
1: Oh my god.
0: Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> a- what kind of opener is that?
2: <laughs> she must have known. She must have known. She definitely knew. Oh, she knew. Someone died.
0: That's like
3: a Princess Margaret yeah, that- anecdote, That's so, isn't
2: it? That's so true. I think I've been
0: picturing her. Yeah, That's so true. Yeah.
3: Which is mad as well, because if you look... Because she is like... She was... I was uh, looking at pictures, like, after you pointed out that she was, like, this Nefertiti thing. Yeah. Um, she looks, like, really 60s. Yeah. She's, she mm. looks like a proper, like, 60s model. But she's got her eyebrows tweezered to within an inch of their life. Mm. And it's a very strange look. And you can see Nigella in her. Yeah. But she's also looked so, like, classically, like, 60s. Mm. And Margaret kind of was as well, because obviously, like, a lot of Margaret's, like, best the best Margaret Bitts <laughs> oh, like the 60s, right? But yeah. she was never that good looking. Like
2: so. No. Although people said she was a great beauty, didn't they? I think they just sort of got something to... <laughs>
3: something to say. When... <laughs>
2: <laughs> to detract from her being horrible <laughs> to, to people. Fill in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Maybe it was because they were trying to work out whether it's like that sort of decay on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> or she's like, um, what's a Dorian Gray's picture? Oh, yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> She's wandering around putting out cigarettes on people, but she's so pretty. <laughs> yeah. At
3: least she's beautiful.
2: <laughs> uh, I've got another good Vanessa story here. Um she, she says, "Horatia, you look so like me when I was young. God, I was hideous." <laughs> oh my god. It's so awful. She's I I think Princess Margaret might be the best comparison we could have found for this woman.
0: Absolutely, they are she's cut from
3: the same cloth, aren't yeah. they?
0: I wonder if they were friends. Oh
3: my god, I doubt it.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't
0: know. Maybe they might have hated each other. Well, that's
3: true. That's true.
2: But same circles, though. I'm sure they come across each other at once. It'd be like Godzilla
3: versus King Kong. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, I'm obsessed. Where did you get that from? Is that did Nigella tell that or Horatia? Poor, <laughs> poor Horatia. I think
2: Horatia. Yeah, it was Horatia.
3: Very much the poor Michelle of Nigella's <laughs> story. <laughs> poor
2: Horatia. Oh
0: my god, Horatia It's Horatia is the one who sometimes turns up in um in Nigella. Yes. And yeah. they Have dinner a lot. Yeah, they're very oh, close.
2: She? I think. Yeah. Does she look like her? Yeah. Uh, she does. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah.
3: I you can tell they're sisters else.
2: yeah, yeah
1: I
3: like yeah, it I like that I don't have a sibling so I always find it quite entertaining when siblings look like each other yeah anyway that's outrageous <laughs> <laughs> but there was a dark side to Vanessa sadly yes. uh, in a 2012 interview she said her mother would shout at the children I'm going to hit you until you cry she told Simon Sharma it's so Margaret
2: it's so Such Margaret Maggie it? vibes. it's so camp as well
3: She told Simon Sharma that she just didn't like me. Maybe because I came after Dominic the princeling and I was my father's girl. She was jealous. I don't know. Young Nigella retreated from her mother. She was extremely shy, bookish, melancholic and lacking in confidence. Vanessa and Nigella's relationship was strained and the young Nigella had little access to her father either. He had just been made the Chancellor of the Exchequer.
2: So yeah, there's this real sadness to Nigella's childhood and she's sort of like... She'll allude to it in interviews, but she doesn't really, she doesn't want to put across that narrative, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. She's not trying to curry sympathy, is she? No, she, she, I think that's the thing. She's like, yes, I I. wasn't very happy, but I, I'm not going to complain because look, look at who, look where I was born. But, mm. but it doesn't negate unhappiness.
3: That is also quite a posh person thing to do.
0: I was thinking that as well. Like, I guess just... Just don't, speak not of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was
3: sad, I suppose. But like, we just get on with it, don't we? It's that sort of attitude. Mm, yeah.
0: But I think like that idea of her being a, you know, quite a, quite a, a sort of a lonely, melancholic child. Mm. Like I think, I think that's another reason I've sort of become so defensive of her, which is that I think in having this sort of like, she's like this, she's trying to arouse you all the time. Look at her, look at her. Mm. And I just think like, for someone who perhaps is, And, you know, I I have no idea if she's shy or not, but like who who has that sort of, um, that's quite a stark thing to be sort of just chucked into Mm. yeah, and not really have control over it. And I think when she started trying to take control over it, people were still weird about that as well. But
2: yeah, that's Mm. a really good point. Yeah. I love her. Um. Charles Moore, a former editor of The Spectator and Telegraph and current awful old Tory, recalled, "Uh, I remember her saying she wanted to ring him up when he was Chancellor of the Exchequer and she sort of couldn't get through. Uh,
3: That's Nigel.
2: That's of Nigel, yeah. She sort of couldn't, like, literally couldn't get get through on the phone. And I think probably metaphorically and literally they didn't have a a connection. Mm.
3: He was probably quite busy. Yeah, to be fair, he
2: probably had quite a lot on, but... Yeah. Still. It's not the best. It's good to talk, as Bob Hoskins might have said at the time.
3: Rishi Sunak's always like going around around giving people dinner and stuff. Yeah. So he's clearly got not that much to do. It sounds quite an easy job. I take that back. (laughs) Yeah, nothing else to (laughs) talk.
2: There's also probably been a cultural shift hasn't there in the way that we we view those jobs I'm sure in you know the chance with the exchequer in the 70s of course I haven't got time to talk to my daughters I'm mm. busy whereas Rishi Sunak would now be like Rishi has no time for daughters I mean he's he is well has- he would
3: because he's a fucking lizard isn't he? so <laughs> basically he'd be like I love my daughters look here's a picture of me smiling with them would you like some dinner <laughs> Um. So by the time Nigella went to Oxford to study modern language at Lady Margaret Hall, her parents had separated, her father going on to have two more children with his new partner, adding to the pain and confusion of the breakdown of her parents' marriage, the family money, to quote Nigella, pissed off in many different ways. <laughs> I love, she's got such a good turn of phrase.
2: Yeah. I love her so much. Oh, she's so great.
3: All right, you two clever dicks. Uh, you're both Oxbridge educated. Tell a shitty KCLX grad what it's like, and please make it accessible for the listeners. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um yes, it's a funny old experience, isn't it, Eleanor? Like it's It is, it is, it is it is a thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, did you do English? Yes. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Did you? I did, yeah. <laughs> um, Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, we are where we are. We are who we are. <laughs> I've and... heard
3: admissions for English are down, but I reckon they'll shoot up after this.
2: Well, I think so.
3: <laughs> what Nigella and those two? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some books. <laughs>
2: I I think it, I don't know. I mean, some people obviously have the time of their lives. And, you know, I obviously met some of the greatest people I've ever known, and was hugely privileged to go there. But they, they, with it comes a lot of um, a, a lot of residual angst. I think that you carry with you as an adult, and it can be quite. I don't know. How do you feel about it, Eleanor? Um,
0: I think I I did have a really nice time, mm. and I think partly because I sort of just did a lot of messing about yeah and sort of and I think there's a lot of um you get I mean you just get a, there are a lot of doors that open but as in you just have a thing you people like oh that's good and yeah it's like, sure but you know it's f- sure but like and it and then I suppose yeah you sort of um I don't know it feels it can feel it can feel a bit icky and unnecessary
2: yeah I would say. Yeah, icky and unnecessary is definitely, yeah. And especially, I think, when you when you are of a, a leftist tendency as well. Sometimes when you're there, it feels you rub up against people that you don't particularly want to be around. Um, and people, when you leave, often associate you with a kind of potentially, like, did you did you get in by merit or did you get in from some other purpose and it's it doesn't it it always feels a fraught I would say be how I I feel about it generally
0: I think and I think it's like with um with any sort of privilege Mm. at all um there's that thing of as is quite right of like acknowledgement and being like well yeah sort of being nuanced about yeah this thing I probably did get because of this and then this and then this or whatever but also not wanting but also sort of that inherent desire to sort of situate yourself in it and be like "Mm, this I think stupid or this 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 isn't true or this but but then you but then you just sound offensive and it's and it's it's not a good look it's not a
2: good look no you
0: just I don't know yeah it
2: is what it is it is what it is uh but while there Nigella uh found that something shifted in her uh from she was she found I would say the steel and comportment of the diva within uh, and it might have been because she had a term well, she was doing MML she was doing modern languages and she had a term abroad working as a chambermaid in Florence uh, although chambermaids were not allowed down in the kitchen the nonna who Nigella had befriended used to sneak her down there to show her how to cook and to learn Italian teaching her how to speak like a greengrocer apparently with a Florentine <laughs> dialect I absolutely Delightful. love it oh my god Delightful. I'd like to make a short film about nightfall. Nigella and the Nonna. Um, oh.
0: Would it not make a, or a wonderful short TV series as well? Just yes. like, I would watch that
3: Oh, that's got lot. BBC Christmas time written all over it, isn't it? Yes, yes. I'm a
0: bit hungover. Please
2: let me yes.
0: watch yeah, like
3: this. like a mini series, like two episodes, two, three episodes. Yeah.
2: Envelop me in the memory of Nigella and Florence. <laughs> oh. They could
3: do one of those urban myths that Sky do. Oh, um, yeah. They do. They're not always about musicians. That's a good point. Pitch, Nigella. It. Pitch it. Pitch it. Nigella yeah. in Florence.
2: Nigella in Florence
3: i don't know what else the visuals be lovely oh
2: wouldn't it it'd be so lush it'd be like the best bits of normal people like when they (sighs) stop shagging for two seconds you would be like oh look at that lovely tuscan scenery yeah (laughs) so after she graduated uh she informed veteran objectionable twat charles moore then editor of the spectator that she wanted to be a restaurant critic so i think that that's something interesting like she she went to oxford being quite very withdrawn and and um and melancholy and she came out with the confidence to go up to the, 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 the editor of the spectator go i want to be a restaurant critic and mm, um, friend of the family and a friend of the family yeah exactly well again about the open those those doors that open isn't it it's what we were just talking about uh but more felt it worth reminiscing to vanity fair about the then 25 year olds tremendous what you might think of as in italian way tremendous breasts <sighs> <laughs> So
3: So it begins. They're
2: family friends. They are obsessed. They're
0: obsessed. It's, I just, it's It's horrible.
2: It's horrible. horrible. This is like you know. This is like I don't know. Uncle Charles. She probably was told to to call. call, Told to call him when she was a kid, and he's openly reminiscing into Vanity Fair about Mm. her bosom at twenty-five. It's just. It's so gross. Um, yeah, not good not good uh, but with friends like this Nigella found herself writing book reviews for the spectator before becoming the deputy literary editor of the sunday times in 1986
3: so That's a bit different isn't it from wanting to be a restaurant critic yeah a deputy yeah. literary editor
2: yeah, yeah good for her though yeah very good for yeah.
3: her but her fractured relationship with her mother was beginning to develop into something like friendship when a doctor informed her that her mum was dying from liver cancer and asked her to break the news to her mother that's an abdication of responsibility on the doctor's part, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it?
0: Yeah, it, that is so true. Actually, <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if there's anything else to that. Yeah, because like, how could you? I don't know. Yeah, that is such a difficult and awful position to put someone
3: in.
1: Yeah,
2: oh, God. God, terrible. Um. So together, mother and daughter wrote the death announcement,
3: which I bet Vanessa was thrilled. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well silver lining. <laughs> silver lining. Vanessa, who's been obsessed with death, lest we forget, reading the abits for, for fun, said, You better put down it was cancer, because otherwise people will think it's suicide. And of course you and I know it is. That's quite a telling quote, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Her mother was I mean, reading between the lines very, very troubled. Um and yeah, that's quite a statement.
0: Yeah, mm. it really is. And a thing to leave
2: your kid with as well. Yeah exactly who you've never had a good relationship with you're just about you know becoming something like friends and then
3: Mm.
2: you're gonna yeah poor Nigella Mm.
3: But going on back on old form um, Vanessa said of her diagnosis it's the first time in my life I haven't been depressed and she began to plan (laughs) for her death in minute detail (laughs) she rang up the undertaker to discuss her coffin directly and when asked the name of the deceased cheerily reported that it was indeed herself But sadly, she died at the age of 48. Um, and like that nice. means Nigella lost her mum when she was 25, after having a pretty bad relationship for most of those years. Yeah. Which is really hard to countenance, I think.
2: Yeah. So this is my my gothic princess analogy coming into its own here. Like, this is the first of, obviously, several significant deaths in Nigella's
3: uh, formative
2: years. And I like the
3: withdrawn thing as well. That fits, doesn't it, as well? The bookish, withdrawn young yeah. lady. Yeah. So
2: true, mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll take a little break there. Um In the before, Eleanor, and if we'd known where you lived, uh we, <laughs> we'd have given you a little snack at this point, because oh. if you've been round with us, <laughs> and we'd give you a little extra snack because we're extra. Uh, which Nigella dish would you have liked us to serve you? Oh, blimey. Um, oh,
0: maybe something... Something to mop up. <laughs> mm. I don't know,
2: chicken. Oh yeah, <laughs> some chicken. Some <I> chicken. <laughs> a really greasy chicken to get involved I don't with. Think
3: that's what she's written down here. The answer is just some chicken. Some chicken. What we would have given you. <laughs>
2: yeah, we would have given you some chicken.
0: She didn't
3: mean like some chicken as in some chicken. She meant some chicken, like some old chicken. Some chicken.
0: Some so, chicken. Yeah, something chickeny and soupy and Ooh, I don't know. Delish. Oh,
3: like um, like um. Uh, what is it? Chicken noodle soup.
0: Oh so, yeah. yes, or something. Yeah, exactly. It's so, like something very comforting.
3: I would have felt comforted.
0: Good. That's well, what...
3: you would have got the crab macaroni cheese because it's delicious, <laughs> and I would have insisted on making it.
2: Oh, it's so good!
3: It's it so is so good.
2: Ah, oh, it's the best mac and cheese. That sauce. It's like,
0: it's the texture of it. Yeah, oh.
1: it's
0: just. Insane. insane. I feel like I'm in a 90s children's film. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Have you tried the
3: fish finger water Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> it's so delicious. So, good. so crazy how good that is. She's
0: so good. Oh. It's so good. She's a, it's wizard. a great book. It she is. is a wizard. She's
2: a wizard. I love it. Well, we'll have a little break. Hooray. Lovely. And we're back. Everyone's had a wee wee. <laughs> Everyone's sure they didn't want one as well. I did check, listener. Um, So Nigella is about to enter one of the most significant relationships of her life. John Diamond, left-wing, forthright, heavy-smoking journalist, and Nigella fell madly in love when they met at the Sunday Times and they married in Venice in 1992. Maybe her mother... That's why her mother wants to call her Gondola. She had some sort of... (laughs) insight into this union Uh, friends recall the outgoing East End boy and shy socialite hosting ebullient raucous dinner parties and being a centre of love and laughter together they had two children Cosima and Bruno those
3: are nice names they
2: are nice names they are nice names aren't they Mm. she I mean she obviously she's you know Nigellissimo and we know she has a strong connection to Italy and Mm. she spent time there but it's another thing to name your kids kind of Italian names she obviously feels yeah it's really true actually just loves it. She just loves it. Especially
3: because he's called John Diamond as well. Yeah. Hard-smoking <laughs> so journalist. Like yeah. Hard-boiled.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, I, John Diamond. John Diamond. John Diamond. Uh, we, I, we're we all a bit too young, really, to remember this. Um, But he was a big deal, John Diamond. He was a big deal.
0: And I I actually do remember it because my mum loved him. Oh, did she? Um, she really loved him, but especially the, the sort of columns he wrote when he was ill. Yeah. Mm. To the point where she they I've. I've seen the clippings in like recent years, as in they've moved house with them and stuff like that. Oh, like, and wow. so she's like, "Oh, look, have you read this?" I'm like, "Yes." Um, <laughs> it's really good, but she. She just. I think. Yeah, so I was sort of aware of him, and he's definitely how I think. I think it must have been through him that I. Why my parents? Maybe or my mum got into Nigella or mm. something. I'm not sure.
2: Oh, that's interesting.
3: Apart from his. Uh, illness diaries, like what did what was he famous? What type of journal was he a columnist or was he yeah. a, a reporter? Yeah, I think so. Or- yeah, I
2: think he was a columnist. Could be wrong.
0: Just and sort he of was, comment.
2: He was he was one of those people who would just um, crop up as, an, as a, a cultural commentator. He'd be a talking head on a lot of stuff as well. And
3: he's a lefty, Charles Moore.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, basically, yeah, <laughs> making his opinions known. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He seemed like a fabulous man as well, but uh, someone
3: like Jonathan Friedland yeah kind of maybe owen jones maybe. yeah i th-
2: quite forthright forthright is, is the word that comes up a lot and um yeah I, th- I think there's a bit of him kind of doing a little bit of sort of mugging at being a bit more working class than he was Oh right. yeah i think his, his father was a biologist or something and he, and he sort of he was like he had a bit of a kind of like cockney diamond thing going on but he was you know, middle class. Comfortably middle class. <laughs> but he, but right. in comparison with Nigella, I'm sure he probably, oh, know, yeah. felt like a barrow boy. Yeah, I
0: it's pretty, it's pretty easy to play that if your partner is Nigella, <laughs> exactly. isn't it?
3: You can, you can do what you want. Yeah. Like, exactly. Basically the Apple Dodger.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> true. <laughs> and, and he wasn't like a, a traditionally good looking man at all, apparently. But, but you know, there are photos of him, but like, uh, Nigella wasn't, she, she apparently said to her friend, he's no Adonis. So she was sort of, was, quite clear-sighted about that but was attracted to him despite that and i don't say that to be like isn't she brilliant because she is uh, she's beautiful
3: married- and married and i go.
2: and she's an angel as well <laughs> she,
3: is- <laughs> she bestowed <laughs> her beauty on that troll oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she's a princess but <laughs> i kind of be like that's are you just- going
3: for this gothic, pr- the thing gothic
2: princess again yeah so uh,
3: she's kathy <laughs>
2: yeah she's Cathy. And heathcliff <laughs> She just she just loved him. I love her. <laughs> they just, and they just, just seemed to have
0: a really nice, just a really good relationship.
2: Yeah, and like, yeah. Really, and, and just warm. And mm, as, yeah, as, exactly. As well as like being passionate or whatever, but like just the warmth that they radiated out to their friends seems really infectious and, and yeah.
3: beautiful. Her best friend, Maria uh, McElhain.
2: I think so, or
3: McCurlin. Uh She described John as a dandy who loved clothes. Uh, And it was he who encouraged Nigella to embrace a more provocative, fashion-forward image. He also helped to encourage and draw out Nigella's obvious star power. She was a regular print contributor and columnist at this stage, uh, and so she began to take more television reporting spots. Uh, You can actually find on YouTube uh, footage of her reporting on the death of Diana, the only Mm. other woman... We went by one name <laughs> that did not decide to do that. Yes, it's for Newsnight in yeah. 1997.
0: Yeah, a clashing of worlds.
2: I know, How amazing. Right? Yeah,
0: maybe uh.
3: before that she was just Nigella Lawson, and then once she had to report on that, she was like, "I'm going to get me some of that."
2: Maybe, not, almost certainly,
3: <laughs> not all of that, but just that name. You're
2: just name. just, just name some, name. some of that. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Can leave the rest. Um, when Nigella was nine months pregnant with Cosima, her sister, Thomasina, to whom she was especially close, died at the age of 31 from breast cancer, um, which is absolutely tragic. And so, again, like we lost the mum at 25 and now she's losing her sister, who she was incredibly close to. And this is where it gets really Gothic. So five years into their marriage, when John Diamond was 43, Nigella, who had already endured so much, had to break the news to the outspoken, vivacious, self-described rent-a-gob commentator that he had throat cancer. So soon their roles were reversed and Nigella had to be the voice for her husband. So before, up to this point, she'd been comparatively, comparatively withdrawn socially and he'd led the charge really at these dinner parties and mm. he, throat cancer is just so, so tragically horribly, grimly ironic, isn't it? That someone who makes, yeah. their, makes their living on talking. Yeah. And so young, just...
3: Same thing happened to Christopher Hitchens.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: I just, think he was throat cancer as well. Yes, um, I think you're right. And, and again, same sort of guy, sort of opinionated, yeah, like, well-thought-of, sort of ballsy commentator kind of yeah. thing. Mm. Can I just ask who their family doctor is? And
1: <laughs> Yes,
0: I wanted to say this. Wait, so she had to tell... Him as well. I know. I Did know. Did
2: she just give the air of a doctor?
3: <laughs> like, do you think people think she's a doctor? They're like, oh, sorry. Um, could you go and break the news? I don't have time. I've got my next patient.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Is she wearing chef's whites or something for this period? Unbelievable. <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? Like, why does she have to be the angel of death to everybody?
3: God bless her. Maybe she told them about <laughs> her mum, and they went, "Well, you've done it before." Yeah, so
2: maybe. The doctor was like, <laughs> "It's the first,
3: my first time. I haven't had to do this. Can you do it?" <laughs> I know.
2: I'm glad you you think that's that's. <laughs> not standard as well. As I, was I feel like it's strongly
0: not standard. Yeah. So
1: I've
3: never heard of that. Strongly
0: episode. not. <laughs> yes.
3: That's a strong no from me on breaking yeah, the news of people's cancer to them. Mm. No, that's not. That's not right. No. So Diamond turned his experiences, as we've mentioned, uh, into a column which captured the public's attention and admiration, particularly Eleanor's mum. Mm-hmm. Uh, after extensive radiotherapy, John had to endure the discovery of yet another tumour and the partial removal of his tongue. And when he could no longer swallow food, he suggested that Nigella write How to Eat. This was a fateful decision leading to his wife's megastardom. Ultimately, she would have three books simultaneously on the Times bestseller list. So she's like the Beatles of chefs. Yeah. Nigella Bites and How to Be a Domestic Goddess sold over a million combined. And How to Eat, published in 1998,
2: sold 400,000 copies. Oh, I mean, the intense... Biting irony of Nigella's rise to stardom as a cookie writer while she was living with a man who could not taste food is, I think, mm. one of the most startling, startlingly poignant, almost operatic backstories we've ever covered on this podcast. It's just, yeah. it, it's just so... You wouldn't, if it was in a film, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah exactly. It's just, you'd be like, "This the the symbolism is too much."
1: Yeah, like, it's
2: just exactly. Dial it back just, a bit on that bit. <laughs> like, I've got notes on the bit with her husband dying of throat cancer, with her becoming the biggest chef in the world. It's not. Mm, no one's no. going to believe it.
0: It's just when you look at like that that sort of period of like. So I guess she was like thirty. How old was she when he died? She's thirties, I think. Okay, it's just. Because it's just too much. It's just too much. Like, it's just so much within yeah. such a short period. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, okay, 1998 is, is How to Eat, and she was born in 1960. So she's...
0: 38 then y- at How to Eat. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's too much. It is too much. And it... Uh, ugh, just... Yeah. yeah, for
0: just over a decade for those deaths. Yeah. That's just
3: but for no. those people thinking that we are somehow sort of drawing conclusions here that aren't necessarily in there we're not the only ones because ben fro uh or Frau, who was the then commissioning editor of channel 4 television saw Nigella as touched by tragedy uh which he thought <laughs> would bring a vulnerability to her um on screen and so clearly yeah that was it's it's not yeah it's not the they're not the first people to yeah. make that <laughs> connection it's quite odd though that he would say that it's
2: quite predatory isn't it it's like
0: it is predatory isn't it and also like not, I'm not sure if I've seen the super, super early ones. I probably have. Mm. I watched a lot of YouTube Magella <laughs> in lockdown,
1: um,
0: for comfort. And she just, I just don't, I think, I think you said it earlier, it's just not how she seems to kind of, um, market herself at all.
2: No, no, and I think it, he's capitalizing on what, what happened mm. in the cult in the popular imagination. They sort of started to see this beautiful widow in waiting kind of figure. Yeah. Um, and then her charisma on screen is, is actually unrelated to the, the, the heartbreak she's been through. It's yeah. it's her natural, the light that she gives off, right? But yeah. but the darkness was clearly something that he thought he could market but, and <laughs> did, didn't feel ashamed about telling people that.
0: No, he's proud. Yeah. I've had a great idea.
2: <laughs> and I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> nice
2: one, Ben Frau. But but thanks for giving us Nigella.
3: Well, especially uh, thanks from two and a half million people because Mm. they watched her first cooking show, Nigella Bites. Uh, Nigella had the fame that her desperately ill husband actually had always wanted. Uh, And the first series of Nigella Bites is readily available and is the last one in which she used her actual kitchen. And it also has a lot of footage of the kids and her going about their daily life in it. Um, It seems to me interesting, I think, that the catalyst for her super fame because she was already very, very famous before the show... Uh, even before the cooking, really, is this sort of, um, like, intersection between her mm. earthiness and her, um, for want of a better word, sensuality. I mean, the, the title literally calls attention to her mouth.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And I think it's, like, a really natural... So like, the, I think that early... that Those early ones, like, I think she comes across as really, really natural in them. And I think, yeah. cause I think she is that she is yeah. earthy and clearly
1: mm.
0: like in the most literal sense, like a really sen- sensual as in, in yeah. of sense senses person. And I think when you see the sort of slightly, slightly later ones before she sort of, um, I don't know. I think, I think people just pick, picked up on that and just took and just um, dissected it basically. Yeah. And didn't keep, keep the whole
2: of it together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's a really good point. Which and- is
3: odd to kind of see that as interesting or or that as being unusual because cooking is earthy and sensual. Yeah. Like like yeah. you were saying, like she's a sensual person. She's a cook. Like you smell yeah. things, you touch, you test fruit and veg and like you smell them and you
1: mm. and you
3: taste things. Like it's mm. and also like yeah, if you're a really good especially coming from an Italian sort of cookery yeah. cookery kind of school almost like she yeah. went to, like that's that's what Italians are like when they cook. They feel very passionately about food, and like, and that kind of comes into play. So the idea that everyone—I mean—it's just a classic ind- indication of—it's in, classically indicative of English people and their <laughs> right, abysmal exactly. taste in food. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: and, and also like, what were we? I I, and I actually don't really know this. Like, what what were TV cooks doing that Dealey, kind
3: of wasn't, wasn't that? Yeah, you know, Jamie like, Oliver maybe. Yeah, Shit. sliding oh, down the yeah. banisters and high fiving his mate. <laughs> yeah, oh, I just throw this in there and I do that. I've taken a lot of coke today. and Call me Jo.
1: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's a blokeifying, isn't it? Of what yeah. was of of the Delia mould. I think, isn't it? Of, of mm. Delia being quite perceived to be mumsy. Yeah, and then Jamie Oliver coming in, or maybe like a sort of re- rejigging of the Marco Pierre White, sort of bad boy of cooking type vibe. Yeah, and then Nigella comes in with this energy, which is maternal and earthy but also seen you, know, you can't put a, a, be, more be, a woman that beautiful in front of the great British public and not expect them to to fetishize it
0: <laughs> yeah they cannot hold it together <laughs> they cannot hold their shit together
1: okay. <laughs> they are the worst
2: they are the worst able. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so Jay Rayner last week did a feature on how to eat did you read it? It was in, I haven't read it yet, in, but I have seen it. I've been saving it actually. Like again, I think it's just an absolute Queen Nigella, which is lovely to see because she retweeted it, so obviously she thinks it's good. Um, and I, so how to eat was obviously this amazing hit, and kind of like a um, a manual for people in the same way as you hear about when. English people first discovered olive oil or avocados they were like have you heard about this thing I could like <laughs> when, when,
3: when Nigella it's not lard yeah
2: <laughs> exactly a, what a new not lard recipe that Nigella Lawson had but like her, her ideas of like were about entertaining and about how to make mm. your your It was revolutionary to people. I've just got my head around cooking with not lard and now I can have other people come and eat it too. (laughs)
3: Like you when you discovered Alison Roman.
2: Yeah, exactly. Very like, (laughs) very
1: like.
0: And just sort of making it not like a job of it being this thing that that didn't have to be like just a drudge after you finish work or like like it could just be, you didn't have to pull everything out to impress everyone. It It just has to taste good and be something you could enjoy yes and, like what a concept <laughs> <Yes>. wonderful imagine <laughs>
3: yeah maybe there's something about that in the, the modernization of of the delia mold in the sense that Delia's is cooking for others but in the sort of traditional role as she was seen as like the wife and mother yeah. who cooks the dinner for you Whereas Nigella is like, she's cooking the dinner and enjoying the dinner herself.
2: Yeah. Like she's yeah.
3: cooking, It was, she wasn't ashamed to cook for herself or for her to be able to sit down with her friends and be like, here's the meal I've cooked. Let's all enjoy it. Mmm, my cooking's great. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a kind
2: of, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to chat a bit about um, how to be a domestic goddess um, and the feminist criticism of the title. um. So, I mean, Nigella has rejected that criticism, uh, saying it was about the pleasures of feeling like one rather than actually being one. Would would we agree with that, Eleanor? Like...
0: I think that's fair enough. Yeah. I think it's one of those things, yeah. You know, some people are going to take it one way, some might take it another way. But it's hardly, like, even if you read it as completely, you know, meant seriously. Yeah. Even then, it's not the... It's not, the, it's not the worst, most damaging thing, I guess, but it also so clearly isn't. It So clearly like, isn't. She's
2: she's it's got such a really a good wink, isn't it? It's such a, exactly. She's got such a sense of humor, and I think it's it's clearly a cocked eye at those kind of nineteen fifties manuals, and mm-hmm. and she is earthy enough and ballsy enough to be like, oh fuck, obviously I don't make my own pastry or whatever.
0: It's like <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Like it's such a celebration of being able to like have all the all the nice things. Like, to eat nice things but yeah. but not to have to be like oh well I live in the kitchen now and, yes. and I, you know, <laughs> oh no I couldn't possibly join you at the table like, <laughs> it just, it's, it's just so obviously not that and yeah. I just I don't know exactly uh, the Times
2: said that it is defined by its intimate companionable approach she is not issuing matronly instructions like Delia she is merely making sisterly suggestions <laughs>
0: So I think I've heard her say that that she um. Have you heard this when people are like she? Which I, when when people are like, oh, oh you're so, you're such a you're such a flirt. Yeah. You know, and she said, um, "Well, I'm, I'm sort of talking to my sister."
2: Oh, I hadn't heard that. That's lovely. That's really interesting. And it's like, I buy it. Like,
0: yeah. You know, I I sometimes I'm not I'm not sure like exactly how normal my barometer is as in like <laughs> I know I'm more into food and what I'm going to eat next than maybe your average <laughs> me too I've been told um but like and that idea of sort of um enjoying being in the kitchen and that being where you sort of chat and bond and whatever is feels very familiar yeah and so that and so when people I think another reason maybe of this like slow slow and intense defense affair, <laughs> is growing up there was so much oh she's so sexual it's so sexual it's rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Like, is it though like sometimes there's a as you say like a wink yeah but like maybe calm down <laughs> maybe chill out maybe chill out
2: yeah and like yeah
0: and the idea of it being quite f- Quite familial or friendly I, th- I think rings quite true yeah
2: I agree I, I I think that's really interesting and like also because when you the advent of YouTube there was there was a lot quite a lot of clips reels of like Nigella's most dirtiest bits they put together her being like mm, oh I love butter or whatever And, and, and but that's not the programme <laughs> <Like, laughs> exactly yeah that's not what went out on TV yeah, yeah. Um, I remember there was once on the I think it was like a radio
0: programme or something Someone they had her on and they played her it, played her it and I don't think she I think she was like okay so, but didn't didn't go along with it that well. I I feel like even at the time I was pretty like I probably thought it was funnier than it actually was. But now I'm just like yeah, like just being non plus and being like why I guess explain why funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably the best way. But. Yeah.
2: I think she's just she's naturally quite camp and quite fabulous. Yes. Oh she, she's <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> And it's not affected. It's not for the male gaze at all. She's just like, oh, I bloody love butter. Like it's not, Mm. it's nothing. It's not, it's not hypersexualized at all. Actually, your, the the male gaze is making it more of a sexual thing. She's just sitting there with her girlfriends being like, oh, bloody hell, isn't it nice to have a a potato? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but that book sold 180,000 copies in four months it beat off J.K. Rowling to win the title of Author of the Year the British Book Awards in 2001 and uh, J.K. had actually lobbied for it to be called the Women's Book Award for Ladies with Female Hands um, <laughs> but it was unfortunately not successful
1: oh, oh, well. this is a shame <laughs> it yeah, is
3: a real shame <laughs> however Ni- whilst Nigella became a superstar her domestic life was in turmoil Nigella says that as John became iller and iller he turned into someone other than himself raging against the dying of the light. He went on mad spending splurges, Rolls Royces, exotic dancers, elaborate parties, and put it all in his column, which must have been incredibly difficult (laughs) for Nigella. Yeah. Um, However, one of his last messages to Nigella was, how proud I am of you and what you have become. The great thing about us is that we have made us who we are. He died during the filming of Nigella Bites. She took a fortnight off, which, however unfairly, fueled the fire of the gossip surrounding her close relationship with one Charles Satchi. Right. Enter the villain.
2: Enter the baddie twiddling his moustache. So I think we should have a little break there before we get into this foul man. <laughs> um, oh, and is an absolute rotter as well. So... He's- I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. It's visceral.
0: Him. It's I can feel it. He's Powerful. a
2: serpent of a man. In my so, stomach. It's just hideous. Um I might have a quick wee wee if that's all right. I might refill. Have a refill.
1: Have a refill.
2: i in a wee wee. All right, so we're back.
3: So to pick up on Holly's gothic heroine analogy, Charles Saatchi is an incredibly rich, acquisitive man who, the minute he got Nigella, essentially kept her in a castle. I mean, <laughs> um, but we get ahead of ourselves. So there's a lot of salacious gossip surrounding the start of that relationship. As art dealer hoarder Saatchi was one of John Diamond's closest friends. Charles has been fabulous and kind to me. The dying husband told Maria Mac- that lady Maria Maria, the best friend. Uh, so who cares if he's trying to get into Nigella's pants? Apparently, the public.
1: Yeah, the
2: public really did care.
3: Um, like, really
2: cared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look, who are we to speculate about what was going on behind closed doors? But uh, after what she's been through with her, with her husband's illness... Really between the lines, like there's quite, it seems to be quite a lot of chat about how he actually fully knew about it and fully condoned it and sort of blessed, gave it his blessing. But it's, it, again, it's this whole Madonna whore thing with her, where it's like sainted Nigella, the widow in waiting. The minute she, the minute he died, he, she shacked up with, with Charles Saatchi. It's not, there's no gray areas with the great British public. <laughs> they either love you or they're very Diana-esque.
0: So true, and it's, yeah, that thing of like, you, you know, we've watched you and supported you as you've done all the things that we expect that you should, yeah. you should be doing. But once mm. you don't,
2: yeah, exactly. Fuck you, yeah, exactly. Once you don't fit into the mold, like when, when yeah, what do they want her to do? Just sit around and and cry? I just, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it, you know, again, no idea, but like you know, it's a long illness. I'm sure they had conversations and I think, like, it matters more what he thought than everyone else. Exactly,
2: exactly. Mm. But V true.
3: She married him two years after John... Reader, she married him. Reader, she married him. Two years after John Diamond's death in 2003 and friends report how it seemed that she was taken into Saatchi's domain, his enormous compound, where he had a new kitchen modelled, especially for her, and the shutters came down. No more fun dinners with friends. Nigella now dwelled in the kingdom of the super rich as Saatchi's latest acquisition, the man who Damien Hurst once described as only recognising art with his wallet.
1: Ugh. i hate pretty, rich
3: him. <laughs> pretty rich from a guy that made a skull covered in diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to,
2: to be fair. Ugh. Um, very meaningful diamonds. Very, <laughs> every single one of them was an artistic point. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of commentary on this marriage, which painted Nigella as the heartless gold digging home wrecker, fueled by Kay Sarchi, Charles's then wife, observing, God, it's humiliating being sacked. Uh, Nigella denies this. As far as I know, Kay had been seeing a divorce lawyer long before I got involved with Charles, she says succinctly. Moreover, she did not need his money, baby. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. she, was fine. Mm-hmm. she was fine. She was, I think she was absolutely fine. fine. I'd say, arguably, if anything, he needed the profile of Nigella Lawson being his wife. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I, I'd pretty much forgotten. He was, obviously, it was a huge deal, but yeah, he hadn't been on my radar for a long time until she married him.
2: No. I mean, he's a proper rotter. Like, I, I didn't want to put too much in about him because fuck him. But, like, he's him and his brother architected the, um, the ad campaign that got Thatcher elected, which is pretty gross. He rounded up a load of... Saatchi and Sarchi employees, and took a picture of them, making them look like they were at the Labour Exchange, and was like, "Look, <laughs> look what, like he's he's a proper wrongon." Um, no,
3: jealous dad probably likes him.
2: No, jealous dad probably. <laughs> pro- well, I mean, look, we wouldn't be the first people to draw draw the comparison between her father and Charles Saatchi. No. There's, they looked remarkably similar. Uh, yeah, similar kind of. He's an. He was. He was older than her. It's after what she'd been through. Maybe she was looking for some sort of. Stability in the form of a father figure.
3: In sort of classic Tory fashion as well. It's uh, very telling that Kay, his wife, describes being married to him in terms of
2: yes, a job. yeah, yeah, employment. Mm. <laughs> and what a job! What a job! <laughs>
3: so career-wise, apart from a brief blip when ITV One gave Nigella a chat show. <laughs> which is very difficult to find footage of. Have you found i never, never seen
0: I've
2: never
0: seen I think she's I've had it
3: expunged it. from...
2: I think
0: she's had it removed. I, I, res- I respect that. Yeah. That's it. Right. Yeah, get rid. <laughs> Everyone's allowed a pass. Yeah. She said herself
3: it made her very uncomfortable, <laughs> oh. so I say get rid. Yeah, get Sack rid. Sack it Get off.
0: rid, exactly.
3: Uh, our girl is now pan globally a one-name phenomenon. Yes. In 2006, the first episode of BBC, two- bbc Two's Nigella's Christmas Kitchen, well, I think we all remember that, debuted <gasps> with a strong... Three point five million viewership. It also showed her to be the OG influencer. Off the back of Nigella's endorsement, sales of goose fat more than doubled in the UK. Have you got the Christmas album I was gonna say? Absolutely do. It's good, absolutely isn't
0: it? Absolutely do. It's so good. It's so good. That I mean, those potatoes are amazing.
2: Oh, oh just brilliant. Just
0: brilliant! So
3: good. I love it when things like that happen, like when Fleabag had and those jumpsuits and gin, in the tins just yeah. gin and the tins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The yeah. great British public have no no imagination, imagination
2: <laughs> We're very into
3: peer pressure.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: we love are. it.
3: The Brits yeah. are big into peer pressure; mm. they love it.
2: She brought back Riesling as well. Riesling, that that sort of slightly German, naff German like. wine. Yeah, that she she cooked her chicken in it, and everyone was like, "Oh, lovely! I'll buy like Riesling now." Because she is an OG influencer.
3: Not you, though. Not me. Kicking back.
2: Yeah. It's the one thing Nigella and I fall out about when I'm
3: round hers. She's like, have some rice. On. I
2: don't <laughs> no, want it, babe. I don't want I don't it. don't want I told you not times. Having it. I not Give me a duck fat potato, though, babe. Any day.
3: Wash it down with my peanut Gris.
2: Woo! Not on the grease <laughs> with Nigella. Yes, please. <laughs> so 2007's Nigella Express outsold Jamie Oliver's offering by 100,000
3: copies. Take that, J.O. <laughs> The, the third person talking twat
2: oh the guardian summed it up the food matches her appearance flawless polished and sexy they just can't help themselves they can't help themselves <laughs> Even the that guardian. book is
0: amazing it's so, is good. so good is it your
2: favorite one
0: it's the one that's the one that it was when i was starting to like cook things so i think i was in when was no, uh, 2007 no yeah. 2007 yeah. yeah yeah so like i think it was like I would use it to sort of structure a, structure an evening on and be like, I'll cook that, that and that because it'll be quick.
2: And they're just, it's, they're so good. They are brilliant, aren't they? Just uh, the fact that you could have qu- flavour quickly. I'm sorry, Joe Wicks, take note. Oh, I'm sure he
3: has. That's coming from Joe Wicks' number one fan I mean, as well. I do own all of Joe Wicks'. Every <laughs> single one of them. Even it's
2: the,
1: the most weaning basic one. We
3: don't have
2: a baby, but... <laughs> He's got the Wien 15. Yeah. I love him.
3: Nigelissima, oh. which I'm sorry, is one of the greatest <laughs> branding exercises the world has ever seen. Since uh, the Platypus. Nigelissima Instant <laughs> Italian Inspiration was released in 2012, drawing from Nigella's time in Florence, along all that time ago, being coached by that excellent nonna that we mentioned earlier. And the title is indicative of the zenith of brand Nigella. By this point, she had a cookware range with the Conran shop. Don't mind if you do. Mm. Ooh, that's camp isn't it
2: that is camp that's culture
0: that's true. Mm. Yeah.
3: that is pure culture that's PC yeah. and I think even... I've got one
0: of her little egg egg shaped dishes oh somewhere. have you yeah I got it in a charity shop I'll oh, oh, take oh. a
3: picture for us and we'll stick it on the Instagram
0: yeah go on alright
2: I will
3: <laughs> lovely and she even had a Nigelissima app yay did anyone download it
2: I don't remember in 2012 I having think... apps what apps are a thing. I know.
0: She was an
3: influencer before anyone was an influencer. And uh, she started apps. Nigella she's is She's
0: the culture. creator
2: of the internet. She is. She's Mark Zuckerberg.
3: She's a, <laughs> uh, an early adopter. Yes,
2: she That's is. That's what they call her. Yeah. To be fair, I was thinking about how clearly she is the person who's behind her social media presence. Is she not? It's wonderful. It's so great. Like, unless they've got a really, unless there's a drag queen running it who does a, Nig- a flawless Nigella act, it's Nigella. It is Nigella.
0: She just see that she's though. just so delighted. Oh. oh yes, wouldn't that be great? Oh, there God. must there must be someone.
2: If not, why not <laughs> sort it out?
3: But you do know and what when? The drag will involve like mm, oh yeah butter, yeah that's, that's like, true yeah would go against everything we've talked about for the last hour and a <laughs> half.
2: Right, we need a feminist drag queen, dra- a feminist <laughs> drag act, please, about, based <laughs> on Nigella.
3: So the Daily Mail duly dug up a few Italian women who were scandalised by Nigella's methods, mm. obviously, probably goading them to say something, anything about her bosom, but it's another mammoth hit.
2: Oh, I love Nigelissima. Absolutely yeah. adore do it. we have it? Uh, we do, yeah, we do. It's an, um, then in 2013, Nigella and the late, great Anthony Bourdain debuted reality cooking show The Taste in the States, followed by the Channel 4 version the following year. But... 2013 is the year where it gets fucking messy. The Sunday People published pictures of Saatchi holding Nigella by the neck and clamping his fingers over her nose outside a Mayfair restaurant. Witnesses attested to Nigella's extreme distress. Saatchi described it as a playful tiff, saying that he was merely trying to make a point and that he had no grip on her. (sighs) I mean, do you, do you remember where you were when you first saw those pictures? Would you remember? Do you remember the sort of time?
1: Oh, I. Do you know? I actually don't.
2: No, I was trying to think about it. I think I remembered the the fallout from the from the court case more. Yeah, me too. The, mm. Yeah, the trial. But I have see, I've looked at the pictures recently when I was researching them. They're really horrible. They are vile. They're so vile, and I just.
0: It's one of those things of like, I, I, I just, I wonder, I wonder if it would be different if that happened now. Yeah. I wonder if like, I
2: just, if they're just so, they're horrible. They're disgusting. And if that's what he felt he could do in.
3: Public. Uh,
2: yeah. Outside, in Mayfair. What the fuck yeah. was going on at home? Yeah. Um, I mean, from her, she, she doesn't describe any physical abuse, but she, but the emotional abuse sounds awful yeah. um she described it um as uh how did she describe it i've got it down here somewhere
3: well more problem is that the press's reaction as user oh. played an absolute blinder yeah mm. uh, the, the telegraph headline was yes it can happen to her
2: um,
3: oh god so unacceptable yeah it's unacceptable. awful isn't
2: it we um we just watched the tina turner documentary the other day mm. and it, I was thinking about that because obviously it was, I was writing doing the research for this and it's just it's there is such an interesting conversation to be had about what we perceive to be the sort of woman this does happen to yeah because it, it okay the, oh it can happen to her it can happen to it can happen to anybody and mm. any and it's wrong
3: and regularly yeah. does. and it
2: regularly does exactly and it, there's this kind of the, the, like people will bracket the martyrdom of Tina Turner as like and, and enshrine it as part of her legacy mm. whereas it seemed a little bit like with Nigella there was a kind of I think that the public were horrified but it did also seem a little bit like there see
3: yeah that's what you get if you marry your dad yeah <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs>
0: like yeah like a comeuppance type thing mate well yeah I don't know maybe that's not fair but like and something also about like I'm trying to think this is this is a possible direction but you know that when was that that arch the archers thing about coercive control that was massive yes it was
2: two three years ago yeah helen
0: because i think that's it because i think so what she sort of yeah what she sort of described as being like as you said not she hasn't gone into detail about you know physical anything but like um but this idea of like just living in a in an enclosed, isolated way and the way he then did end up um, behaving during the trial and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I hope, I hope people might
3: be different now. Yeah. Do you yeah. the archers based it on Nigella and Sartre?
2: Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Wishful thinking. I wish she'd stabbed him. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, some of the things she detailed, like, She wasn't allowed to go to her friends' parties, and she wasn't, she was basically held captive in the house. And even things like do you remember the burkini incident? I do. Which was like did you see that so Nigella was photographed in Sydney wearing a burkini, which is like a, a full cover up swimming outfit and obviously the tableaus print to the pictures being like, This ridiculous thing she's doing. It's a very a lot a lot of women in wear them. They full cover up. Um but she the reason she she said later the reason she's wearing that was because Charles liked his women pale. Like it's really it's so creepy. So insidious and disgusting, isn't it? Yeah.
3: More them pale like an 18th century aristocrat yeah. or a necrophiliac. Yeah. Or a veal. <laughs>
2: a veal. <laughs> Either way, something he could possess in his horrible, creepy castle.
0: Yeah. And it just, when you compare like the stuff, you know, the, where, like John Diamond sort of like really encouraging her and saying, wanting her to step into her talent and like encouraging her to be on TV, the, all these parties they had and just, if you were friends with Nigella, you would just be like, at what point are we battering the doors down?
2: Yeah. Like, at what point? Yeah,
1: we're going
3: go uh,
2: to When is that. the intervention? Yeah, we need to get her out. 100%. Absolutely.
3: And true to British law's form, Sachi was just cautioned for assault <sighs> uh, and Nigella left the family home. She filed for divorce, citing ongoing unreasonable behaviour. His statement to the press stated that they had drifted apart because he's what? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> they were granted a decree nice seven weeks after the incident outside Scott's restaurant, ending their ten year marriage. However, there was more laying bare of the private life of Nigella to come.
2: So this is where we get the real like
3: <laughs> fuckery what,
2: what a, absolutely what drama so francesca and so Eliz- it
3: really gets the arches it really
2: does yeah <laughs> if you didn't you didn't buy us on the plot twist would she become famous when her when her husband was dying of tongue cancer uh francesca and elizabeth Elisabetta grillo with former assistants of nigella and Sarchi, they were taken to court accused of using the household credit cards to steal hundreds of thousands of pounds they countered that Nigella gave them hush money for what they claimed was her abuse of cocaine and prescription drugs.
3: Also, backstabbed by the Italians as well. I know. She must have been gutted. This is all
2: because <laughs> she did a non-conventional carbonara. They played Absolutely. the long game. It was
3: revenge, revenge for Nigella Summer, exactly. <laughs> Ham in the carbonara and they came for her. Right, <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> the trial's every lurid detail was poured over by the tabloids. Nigella admitted to drug use in order to make an intolerable situation bearable. A situation did she des- A situation she described as intimate terrorism.
2: That was the phrase I was looking for, intimate terrorism, which just seems like a really interesting way to describe coercive control, actually. <coughs> Intimate terrorism.
3: The jury cleared the Grillos not guilty, but as the sisters rightly observed, we have won the court case, but definitely Lawson has the most support from the public. In the aftermath of the trial on the 30th of March 2014, Nigella was not permitted to board a flight from London to LA. The US Department of Homeland Security explained that foreigners who had admitted drug taking were deemed inadmissible. However, she has subsequently been granted a waiver of inadmissibility.
2: I mean... This is a real crucible for an icon, isn't it? Going through there's so, much going there's so much going on, so much going on, so much seasoning. It's so much. This is a real. I came through the fire moment, isn't it? This is like if there was the biopic of
3: Nigella's life. The fire would be border control.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and casual cocaine use. <laughs> it's so. Camp.
0: <laughs> i was gonna say just like her outfits oh. in the court case like she just oh. just and because i can't i I've, I've couldn't find the actual quote where she said this but someone basically being like did you because you know they were trying to sort of paint her as being you know too like drug addled to notice anything happening etc etc and she said something along the lines of like you can't use cocaine a lot and still look like this
1: oh. or something,
0: like, and i was just like oh iconic and that's that's diva I reckon that being like this is what needs to be said because it's true yeah and my goal is to not let them fuck this up for me yes and I'm gonna say it because look at me (laughs) yes
2: yes it's perfect you're so right you're so right and she looked that there wasn't a hair out of place the blow dry was stunning the uh, the, the category was um accuse, accused realness because even <laughs> though she wasn't on trial, she basically was. And the demure jackie Onus of it all mwah, It was amazing. Cook's kiss. Was so good. Because <laughs> 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 mm. Nigella would not describe herself as a chef. <laughs> <laughs> so to complete my laboured gothic <laughs> heroine analogy. Not
3: nearly as laboured as that
1: <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs>
2: Nigella is now free from the tyrant Living her best life in lockdown But free, internationally, beloved Free to tan in her back garden And with another delightful chart-topping book Eat, Cook, Repeat Displaying her truly gorgeous attitude to food and life And we adore her We do Nigella 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 Um, Yeah, she broke free She can roam in the sunshine if she so wishes
3: (laughs) Just not with... Uh, more than six other people.
2: No, exactly. Sure. Probably the ever. The time will come. Yeah. <laughs> Have a bit of blow on the side as she wants. No, I I reckon she doesn't, I don't think she touches it anymore because she realises that it's um, a human rights violation.
3: Good. I think she's
2: come full circle.
3: I think you're right. I agree.
2: I might be putting words in Nigella's mouth. <laughs> no, she
3: knows where it comes from. She knows what's yeah. happened to get it there.
2: She'll know the supply chain. She, oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: And she recycles.
2: Yeah, of course she does. She's flawless. She is, ah, oh, Eleanor. Anything else you want to? T- t- any nuggets of Nigella you wish to bestow? Oh, oh! <laughs> <It looks laughs>
0: so I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what have I not covered? Well, this is, this is a bit um out of out of sync, but I didn't know that thing about her beating out J.K. Rowling. Ah, um, but I'm also so happy because obviously she's come out as as like a rare non turfy british media person has she oh has yeah she? not not like she's not like written article bs she's like um uh, sort of stated her support for trans rights and stuff oh. and just, That's right.
2: yeah oh, she's she's everything isn't she she's mm. just everything she really is. Oh, I want her to be my mum.
1: She's <laughs> a sexy
3: mum.
2: Be, be my sexy mum, Nigella. Maybe she
3: should tweet her after this saying, Be my sexy mum. I bet she gets a lot of those tweets. I'm sure I'm not, she... I'm not gonna... She's got a special
0: filter for those, and yeah. she's right to have one. Yes. Yeah,
2: so I don't know if we'll break through.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, I hope we got everything right, Nigella. We love you. Oh. Helena, we love you. Yes, thank you. I love you too. Ah! This has been wonderful. <laughs> it's been so wonderful. This is our plugs and hugs section. So we cut. We're, we're virtually hugging you. And uh, have you got? What can you plug? What? Where do people find you? Uh,
0: people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at mm-hmm. Welliebina.
2: <laughs>
0: My dignified childhood nickname. Oh, um, cute. <laughs> um, yeah, and I put stuff about all the all the things that I
3: do or 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 not do as the last year has been
0: on
2: there amazing <laughs>
0: anything
3: coming up any lockdown plays
0: <laughs> lockdown plays uh
2: no
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and we're glad to yeah. hear it <laughs>
3: <laughs> amazing to all the stuff you know the
2: yeah the exactly Cheers. fantastic
3: Lovely.
2: Oh, babe, thank you so much. This has been such a treat. Yeah. lovely. Yeah. Thank you so much for letting me
3: come on. No, no thank course. you for coming on. And thank you for suggesting such a great topic. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode of Big Diva Energy. If you did and you want to reach out and have a chat, share your own BDE stories with us, maybe your own Nigella-related stories, or just tell us which Diva means the most to you, you can tweet us at Diva Energy, get us on the gram at Big Diva Energy, or email us at BigDivaEnergyPod at gmail.com.
3: This podcast is a Dark Matters production. If you thought we were domestic goddesses, don't forget to like and subscribe. Alternatively, if you found us to be domestic demons,
1: get get in the the sea. sea! Bye! Hey!